This is Blaine Zimmerman from Circle City Vets, and on today's Veteran Cast, we have Chris Jackson from Project Healing Waters. The mission of Veteran Cast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Welcome to another episode of Veteran Cast. I'm Blaine Zimmerman, and Doug is currently driving to Las Vegas for a conference. Woo-hoo, party for Doug. <laughs> yeah. So Doug is somewhere in the middle of the Southwest right now, somewhere in between Texas and Las Vegas, as best we know. And so Adam Small is going to join us uh, today. How you doing today, Blaine? I'm good. I'm good. So um, it's been a while since you've been on. Yeah, it has. Uh, I, I was on um, early on, and then I, I've just been busy with my business, and and you know life gets in the way of things, right? Yeah. So. But you're a Marine veteran. I am. So that's correct. So we still have all veterans here, and. Uh, Thank God, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you a quick story. Um, since Doug's not here, and the Marines are kind of part of the Navy, and I always have to do something. Kind to, of part of the yeah. Navy, uh, okay. I always have to do something <laughs> to talk crap about the Navy. I was running the Boston Marathon, and the first guy I saw walking, I looked over, and he had a Navy Marathon team singlet on. So. Well, he was just looking for the water. Yeah, well, it was definitely <laughs> rain. I mean, it was like 30, 38 degrees and raining and windy that oh, day. Oh, real so, pleasant. Yeah, I can imagine. It, he doesn't have to be that mentally strong being in the Navy and everything, so I can understand why he dropped out. <laughs> the uh, Today's guest is Chris Jackson from Project Healing Waters. Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Chris, before we jump into Project Healing Waters, can you give us some background on your service and what you did in the service and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, In 2001, I was fat and happy sitting on a uh, couch in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, attending uh, Indiana Purdue University at Fort Wayne. Go Mastodons. And um, 9-11 occurred and uh, decided that... um, Electrical engineering wasn't the path for me, uh, so immediately went straight to the recruiters, and uh, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an EOD tech, um, so it was uh, whatever service can get me to EOD school the quickest, and uh, the Air Force offered that opportunity. Um, was in the Air Force uh, for about a year, uh, going through various training courses, uh, where, you know, basic military training where we learn how to balance a checkbook and uh, walk in a line that kind of simulates a formation, but not really. Um, and then after that, went to EOD selection course and um, then went on to the Naval School for Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Uh, after my first year, was stationed in Hawaii. And my first deployment orders to go and work with the 101st in Baghdad. Um, then the 82nd and 101st in Kirkuk, and then worked for the 101st again um, in Balad, outside of Balad actually, um, in uh, Fob Normandy. And then um, two trips to Afghanistan after that, and by 2011 my uh, body could take no more. I got tagged with my sixth deployment to go do some uh, special secret squirrel stuff with some three-letter agencies. Um, and they found out that, hey, you've had, you know, 
five concussions and two back surgeries and you're having trouble sleeping and maybe it's not wise to send you off on another one. So hit me with the MEB, uh, spent the next two years downloading my resume to young troops, teaching other team leaders how to uh, navigate uh, the non-conventional side of IED and explosive ordnance disposal work and then retired. Awesome. So when, what year did you get out? 2014. Okay. So you've, you've, you and I have been out about the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as an infantryman, I have to ask this question. We've had one other EOD tech on. What takes so long to get you guys out there? You guys don't know how to work a radio. <laughs> We're waiting for him. We're literally waiting for him. That's always the joke. It's like, well, we got to call EOD. Like, all right, we'll, we'll yeah. be here for three or four hours. Yeah, we're so. really just usually just hanging around in our, our silkies and uh, playing Halo or something like that. And we get to it when we get to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not like we're going to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. We can't. So, you know, when we figure if we wait long enough, you guys will eventually like kick it or something. Well, and, somebody's going to poke it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then so, your job's over, right? Yeah, exactly. We're too, and then, too curious. We like to see things blow up. Yeah. Like maybe if we just throw a rock at it, it'll blow up. And we'll you know, yeah. I thought I thought infantry guys were were the the hardest ones, but man, I worked. Uh, my last trip was actually with Marines uh, yeah. doing the uh, route clearance with um, with the second CEB and uh, loved it. But man, uh, it was quite the experience living with Marines for six months. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? So uh, I, I, had to, I, I really there were there were several times where I had to remove crayons from their mouths. Um, <laughs> No, the, I had a I had a, a great discussion one night with a um, with a sergeant. We were at Fob Hansen, in the middle of nowhere, living out of the back of our trucks next to a burn pit, and um, you know it's it's hot. You know we're all down to our skivvies. You know sleeping out uh, underneath the stars. And this sergeant looks at me and he goes, "Man, I I really messed up." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I really should have joined the Air Force." And I and I sit up straight and I look right across from him. I said. Do you think I made the right decision? <laughs> I'm out here with you. Same spot, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Project Healing Waters, how, well, first explain what it is, and then how did it get started, and why did the founders think that this would be a good way to help veterans? Yeah, so actually, um, this, is a, this is a nonprofit that was started by um, a uh, retired Navy captain, um, Ed Nicholson, um, in 2006, 2007, um, he was being treated for cancer at Walter Reed. And during, uh, some of his, his treatments, he decided he wanted to fly fishing was a passion of his. So he would go out into the, into the courtyard area to get some fresh air and he would just false cast. And, um, he started drawing attention of other vets that were there at Walter Reed getting treatment. So he's like, Hey, maybe there's something to this. So he established the first program there in um at walter reed and from that point on it just it blew up so over a 10-year period well i guess we're at 11 years now 11-year period we've got 212 programs across the world um, servicing about 8,000 disabled veterans um, through fly fishing and associated um, activities so meaning uh, fly casting rod building fly tying Um, we even do some expeditions we do uh, a lot of uh, a lot of really neat things within the fly fishing industry. So, a few studies have recently come out where they have looked at cortisol levels and uh, metrics 
to say, hey, you know, what are the therapeutic benefits within fly fishing? And the, the recreational therapy community um, said, hey, this is, this is working. Um, so we formalized a agreement at the uh, central level with uh, the Veterans Affairs, and that's what we do. We service uh, disabled veterans through fly fishing. So I know nothing about fly Do you know anything about fly fishing, Adam? A little bit. So, I, I mean, I grew up on Morris Reservoir. It's not a lot of fly fishing. There's probably not a great idea to fish there or at least eat them. The, um, uh, what's false casting? I'm assuming that's just practicing. So, you know, uh, you know, um, the movie, a river runs through it. Mm-hmm. The river Phoenix walk. Yeah. No, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Yeah. much thing. sexier. Brad yeah. Pitt. <laughs> yeah. They're all the same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, that was a, a movie that kind of started this whole fly fishing movement in, in America. Okay. Um, false casting is, is simply the motion of lifting your fly line up off the water, pulling the fly line back above your head, and suspending it in air, getting it to suspend over air, and then presenting it in a natural way in the water. And that's dry fly fishing. And here in Indiana, we do a lot of, um, we do a lot of what's called streamer fishing, which is imitating bait fish and uh, other things you find in the water so do you use live bait when you fly fish no we're all artificial so what kind of fish do you catch oh you name it really like well what is the i don't understand because like i grew up fishing with like a bobber and a worm Mm -hmm. so like what's the benefit of moving the so when do you find worms in the water you don't exactly so what we do in fly fishing is we imitate things that are naturally within the water okay using natural and artificial um, materials. So uh, various feathers, various different kinds of, you know, a fly tire um, is like the man's version of arts and crafts time. Okay. (laughs) So you'll see us in the winter, we do a lot of um, fly tying. Um, And we also do a lot of uh, rod building as well. So the difference between bait casting and fly fishing, and I'm biased in, would would it would call a bait caster a, a meat chucker or whatever you want to call sure. it um is really just the artistic expression of it it's a lot more active um but the end is ultimately just to connect with nature and you've become a part of it and and that's that's cool so that's it, a romantic I mean, version seem, of it yeah it does seem like peaceful you're just gonna go wade out into the water mm-hmm. and then you just kind of flick yeah. The rod back and forth. I'm assuming that there's a lot more to it than that. Like, there's like probably a lot of like science behind the exact way to do it to where the line comes back down. I mean, and you ask a fly to... fisherman, they're going to tell you 50 different ways to cast. So yeah. you gotta, it, it's it's uh, it's like an art form. Like um, in Goofy, Goofy had that big from the Goofy movie. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he had that really famous fly fishing thing Easy, that turned infa- out into your infantry showing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to try to make a joke about Marines and they just show us cartoons all the time, you know, but <laughs> Yeah, cuz he did his fly fishing thing and then his son goes up to dance and he does right. a fly fishing routine to mm-hmm. win the dance competition or something like that. Um, so everybody has like their own like way right like it's not there's no like this is the best way to fly fish it's kind of um the learning curve is steep and uh it never stops um you never it's like golf you never master it unless sure you know i would say unless you were tiger woods but that he kind of fell and probably arnold palmer yeah arnold palmer there you go the um so i i think that it's interesting that you were talking about 
how the studies show they they did like are you, you're saying they studied the brain while fly fishing is it, am I did I pick that up right brain and cortisol levels pre and post okay um, through biometric swabs and and such and um, then they they discovered like it really is like a very deeply therapeutic thing yes okay yeah um, one of the things that I like to like to tell people is that you don't fly fish and catch fish by accident um, it is one of those things that you have to be fully immersed in the moment. In order to be successful, you have to let everything go. Um, so for me, it's a place where everything else just drowns out. I, I have to th worry about the conditions. I have to worry about, well, not even worry. I just have to factor in conditions. I have to factor in the species that I'm going after. Um, did I tie my knots right? Did I, you know, all these little things that add up into a successful venture, which is ultimately catching and releasing a fish. So you don't keep the fish you I catch? do not, no. Okay. And Project Healing Waters is an all-catch-and-release, low-impact um, organization. Okay. Um, was fly fishing something that you've always done, or is this something that you picked up as like a therapy um, after your service? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. I learned a lot of bad habits teaching myself. Uh, fly fishing is one of those things where you need somebody to kind of usher you into the, into the activity because there are so many nuances within fly fishing. Um, so I was actually, my, my last two years in the service, um, going through the, the medical evaluation board process, um, I was stationed in Utah, um, running a training uh, section out of uh, the flight there. And a flight is a company for you guys, platoon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I was just going to go with it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I was running a, a training program um, and, like I said, downloaded my resume to, to younger guys and girls. And uh, I lived on the Weber River, and I said, you know what? I've always wanted to learn, um, so why not try? Uh, so there's a lot of uh, frustration that goes with teaching yourself how to fly fish, but um, I knew of Project Healing Waters before I got out. Okay. Um, and then... It actually got prescribed to me. Uh, fly fishing did. Really? Yeah. Uh, Non-traditional therapies. I, I was trying to find something that was going to keep me engaged while I was still going to school because, let's face it, civilian life can be very boring, especially after you've you know traveled the world and blown things up on a lot of continents. It's On somebody else's dime. Yeah, yeah. on somebody <laughs> else's dime. Well, yeah. I mean. They paid you to do it. They exactly. Paid you to, yeah. 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 So. Um, but yeah, the, the, the civilian sector was just not really engaging me. Um, and I was kind of having a hard time getting connected. Uh, so I came across Project Healing Waters here locally in, in Indiana. Um, great group of people. That's what attracted me the most was the authenticity of the, of the relationships. Um, the people that taught me the first time I got here four years ago are the people that I still connect with, you know, every week. You know, they're kind of my, uh, you know, my, my group. You know, that's who I, that's who I rally behind. So you came back to Indiana and then found Project Healing Waters. So what was the process like to end up becoming, I, I, I know some different organizations call things differently. So like a chapter captain or the regional director, what, what is your role? Sorry. I'm the deputy regional coordinator. Okay. And so how did you go from, I like fly fishing. I just found this organization to deputy regional coordinator. Yeah. So I was a participant. I showed up, um, and I was studying um, outdoor adventure sport management as uh, in my graduate studies, just you know, for uh, just keeping me engaged. I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. 
Um, so it was just a natural fit. I showed up there. I said, I love this model. Uh, it's fantastic. The way you guys uh, are providing an opportunity for like as a landing pad for, uh, for transitioning veterans was, was unreal in my personal experience. So, um, project healing waters was, was set up originally. It's an all volunteer core. Um, so not a lot of post nine 11 veterans within it. And in order to have sustainability as a national nonprofit these days, you need to be relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the approach that I took. I said, Hey, let's, um, I see some areas for improvement here within our program here locally, got involved, um, as a volunteer, uh, after about six months of participating. Um, and then the position was offered to me to, to be a regional coordinator, which is, uh, we had up the Midwest, which is six states, um, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. So all the fly fishing through PHW in that area, uh, in the programs. And that's been the, the whole path that I've taken is, Hey, let's, this program works as a national nonprofit. We really have to protect the organization. Um, I want to make sure that it's there for the people that follow behind me as a tool for them to use. Um, you know, fly fishing is not for everybody. I don't mean to say, Oh, fly fishing, fly fishing, yeah. fly fishing. Um, the people are, yeah. uh, that's, that's what drew me there. And, uh, I just liked fly fishing as well. So, so there's a couple of things I want to touch on, but first you mentioned that it's when you first started, it wasn't something that really attracted the post nine 11 vets. And I found out about it through Tom Ruist, who was on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then my pastor volunteers sometimes cause he's a big fly fisherman, yep. but they wouldn't fall into that age category of post nine 11 vets. Um, and kind of when I think about fly fishing, I think that's like, oh, that's something you do when you retire. Like you have more time now. Fly fishing doesn't take, it's not like you just go out for an hour and do it. You, you got to right. take it and weekend. Well, I always associated with my grandfather cause he, he did quite a bit of fishing and fly fishing was one of the things that he did quite a bit as well. So uh, he did, you know, bass fishing and other stuff mm -hmm. as well. But, um, fly fishing seemed to be the thing that would take a lot of time. And, and I, I always associated it with him. So, so with that being said, long lead into the question, uh, how have you, how successful have you guys been at getting post nine 11, uh, veterans into the organization? So locally there's been a challenge, um, as with most organizations and with most veteran generations, it's documented that it's 10 to 15 years before people start coming out of the woodwork after a conflict. Um, why that is, I don't really know. Um, I would say that there's a disconnect between uh, getting out of the service and your local communities, um, just because, you know, you're a federal entity and then you're a state entity. Mm -hmm. Um, so for us, success was not really measured in the numbers. It was more measured in the impact within post nine 11 veterans that we did have access to. Okay. Now we have direct, um, we have a direct relationship with the stick clinic at the VA. Uh, Every Thursday, we typically have somebody there tying in the waiting area at the VA. So the stick clinic is the seamless transition clinic for the one to five year veteran that's coming right out of service. So we're seeing these people, it's getting them attracted, but like you said, fly fishing is a time consuming endeavor. What are most of us doing? Having families, yeah. jobs, you know, we're in the, we're coming upon our prime earning years as adults. So it's very hard to do that. So what we do, what we decided to do 
is we're a month we hold one monthly outing per per event and it's one-on-one coaching you can't get one-on-one coaching and fly fishing without paying five hundred dollars a day right. to some guide um and it's free to our veterans that's what we do we've outfit them low cost low impact and a lot of times you'll just find that fish live in beautiful places and you get to come out hang out at a you know on a watershed in one of our indiana parks and um with some good people that's awesome because i mean as soon as you said that i my first thought was like um i kind of liken it to golf where like Mm -hmm. every time i complain to my father-in-law that i don't play as much golf as i want to he's like well it's an old man's game like you've got little kids you're not gonna be able to play golf as much as you want to and i would assume fly fishing is kind of the same way whenever you get a chance to get away for a whole day or a weekend um you got to take it um so you named all the states in the Midwest region. How many regions are there in the United States? Oh and my you gosh. said this is global. You said there's 200. Yeah, 212. Okay. Uh, actually, I think 218 was the last count. We're we pop up new programs all over. Um, I want to say that we're at 2018 as of last month, with a couple that we're getting ready to launch here uh, in Indiana. One down in Evansville, and then one down, one up in Appleton, Wisconsin, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, right by Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, so across the nation, I, we've, we've had to do, so we've had to do a reorg in the past year. Um, we had a new CEO come on, uh, highly decorated Todd, uh, DeGrosselier from United States Marine Corps, uh, silver star recipient, um, dude is hardcore and he is one heck of a, uh, CEO for us. Um, we love having him on, um, and he's modernizing our whole organization. Uh, I believe he's a Harvard business school grad as well. So, uh, it doesn't suck to have as a CEO. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And he was, he, he was a participant as well. Okay. So fly fishing was prescribed to him as well, which he grew up in Maine fly fishing. He knew yeah. it already. So it was one of those things. It was just a natural fit. First job coming out of the Marine Corps, project healing water CEO. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so Todd's great, and you know we're we're working on modernization throughout. To your point, that fly fishing is an old man sport. Um, that's an industry wide fly fishing mm-hmm. industry wide mm-hmm. um, issue. So they're working on modernizing. There's a there's a lot of initiatives out there to bring women and children into fly fishing as well. So, um, with that in mind, that's the kind of the approach uh, along with the fly fishing industry that Project Healing Waters has taken. We're going to go ahead and. You know, institute a uh, a Salesforce-based program um, for customer service management. You know, so we can track our volunteers and our participants who we're touching, um, and then you know do some data analytics to figure out uh, where we can improve. Uh, what else we've we've done um, a, a reorg of the whole nation, and I believe we're at something like 21 uh, regions now. Is there any place you're not served, really? No. Okay. That's a, that was kind of where I was getting, because I would assume that the places that usually you would think, like, oh, we have an organization, but we don't really have people in, like, Montana and Idaho, with those are the places exactly where, like, it would be awesome. Because no. Because there's this, so many awesome places to fly fish. There. The fly fishing industry has taken on Project Healing Waters. Awesome. Um, big time. So they support us. We wouldn't be able to, to do this without, I mean, it's, Fly fishing has a stigma of being expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, you got to have the 
And you got to have the chaps. You got to have the hat. You got you to have all the whole gig. Um, I'm just kidding. There are no chaps in fly fishing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, the fly fishing industry has really said, you know, we want Project Healing Waters. We want to serve, you know, the veterans that have afforded us the opportunity to be fly fishermen for our entire lives and artists and all sorts. So um, anywhere where you can find a fly shop, you can usually get pointed to your local Project oh, Healing Waters awesome. organization. We, uh, we do partnerships with, and uh, I'm going to mess up this acronym, uh, Federation of Fly Fishers, and they kind of did a... Cliff? Yeah, something like that. I, I can't ever remember. Um, and, and Trout Unlimited as well. Um, okay. Which, you know, a, a lot of people know about Trout Unlimited yeah. and Ducks Unlimited and, mm-hmm. and that, whole, um, that whole organization. So... And then, and then the VA partnership. So for a project healing waters program to get started, we need two things. Well, three things really. We need a volunteer corps, which consists of a, a program leader. Um, the sponsorship of a uh, military or VA organization. So military base um, that uh, can refer veterans to this program, uh, can establish a, a project healing waters uh, program, um, or you know, any VA that's servicing veterans. They can do it as well. And then on the other side of that, you need a sponsoring club. So Trout Unlimited here in Indiana, we have uh, the Indianapolis Flycasters. They are our, uh, our, our sponsoring program, if you will. Partner. Partner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's the military partner in Indiana? So we're through Radabush. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Is there anything going on right now? I think I saw we talked a little bit off air. Um, you guys have a auction uh, that so you have events. Are the events like tournaments? Are they like a competition or anything like that? Or are you just like have an event where you get your coach and you go out into the wild locally? Okay, we have we have outings and events during the colder months. We do fly tying at the VA uh, uh, once a month on Saturday. It's I believe it's the third Saturday of the month. Um, and then once the weather breaks and actually next weekend, uh, well, I can't say next weekend, April 28th is going to be our first outing and that's at Eagle Creek in Zionsville. Okay. And that's where the rubber meets the road really for us. That's the one-on-one, Hey, I'm going to go teach you how to fly fish. Let's go. You know, let's get in the water. That's what we do locally. And that's pretty much, uh, the program here locally nationally and regionally we hold events um destination events we um we do tournaments fundraisers um, some some blue banner stuff um right now i think we're ramping up for what's called the two fly tournament um it's out in virginia i can't remember exactly where it's at but all this stuff um it can be found on our website Mm -hmm. then the project healing waters website projecthealingwaters.org um fantastic place to get some information um and and to find a local program that's the that's the big one find the closest program to you get you plugged in with the program leader get you on the mailing list and get your information out there um we do most of our until you reach out to us through the website um, or you're referred by somebody uh, we kind of keep it closed because we do mainly serve disabled veterans so there is a questionnaire that we you know we vet for people um we want to make sure that we're being responsible with our donors' funds, um, and 
Yeah, I saw that you guys have the transparency mm-hmm. award, um, which is on the nonprofit sector. Like, I'm sure you have to submit a bunch of stuff, but then yeah. they give these big awards for being financially transparent and showing exactly where your money's going, so you're not, you know, not 90% of the money goes to the CEO or something like that. Um, that's not allowed. That's that's frowned on. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> the um, well, you always see those things that it's like only ten cents of your donation to X organization goes, goes to the right, organization. Exactly. I believe our so. our right now we're at eighty six percent. Yeah, goes that's to, awesome. Goes Ooh. straight. Yeah, to um, our participants. Well, so that leads me to the question. That's kind of where I was going with the auctions. I kn- I know you have the auctions. Is that the main way that you guys get donations? So what kind of things? If I if I were going on saying I want to support Project Healing Waters. I'm going to buy something on the auction. What type of stuff comes up on those auctions? Anything and everything. And it really depends on, on the organizer for the auction. So the auctions are actually local per the region or, or the national event. There are auctions going on all the time. One thing you'll learn about the fly fishing community, they love auctions. The two things, they love auctions and they love stickers. <laughs> really? Yep. So you can auction off stickers? Yeah. So, I mean, I've actually won stickers yeah, at an auction. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, that's one of the ways that we, we raise funds. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, agreements through Amazon smile. We have many uh, outlets for, for people that want to give to the organization and really make an impact in some veterans lives. That's awesome. Um, so we're going to put all this in the show notes, but it's projecthealingwaters.org. Yes. Correct. And then in order to get involved, if you wanted to either a volunteer or B try to join an excursion, what it, you just like put your zip code in and it shows you the local organization. We have a live map that shows you the, the closest uh, programs where you want to get served. And it, we have the direct link to the program leaders there. The program leaders email is provided. You email a program leader and he will do, um, you know, his, his, his connection with you. And more than likely, it'll just be, hey, come on out. Awesome. So what, before we close, what is your favorite personal fishing, fly fishing story? And what would you say is like one story that's always stuck with you from Project Healing Waters that's like just been really impactful? Oh, wow. Everybody's got a good fishing story, though. So we'll start yeah, with that one. Yeah, so. The one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like I'm so life fishy that I don't get excited about catching fish anymore. Um, but this winter I got, uh, I got to get on my first, uh, steelhead buck up North, um, in Michigan. Uh, it was about 10 degrees on the water, uh, nice coat of snow in the boat. And, um, it was, it was quite the, uh, the excursion, but how big are, how big are those? Oh gosh. Uh, steelhead are, in their predatory trout that go out into the lakes and then come back into the rivers so they can get anywhere. Well, mine was over 30 inches. Um, it's I almost mean, two feet. But they can. <laughs> <laughs> your, your infantry showing. Yeah, yeah. there it is. So, um, but for me, um, I'm also involved with another organization called Warriors in Quiet Waters. Very small, very selective organization. They specifically serve post 9-11 veterans through fly fishing. Um, so I have a, uh, I had a teammate of mine, uh, a guy that, um, had fallen upon hard times and he was kind of maybe a year behind me in transition. 
and he, he was medically retired in 2015. Um, this guy was on my team and he was one of those guys that just, you know, as a supervisor, he just motivated me. Like I loved being around him. The guy was just a stud. And, um, you know, when he got out, he fell on some pretty hard times. So, uh, through the project healing waters network, I got him plugged in with fly fishing. I didn't know if it would take, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, Hey, just give it a try. Um, We, we did about, a, I don't know, three months of familiarization training uh, through Project Healing Waters, kind of an intensive of what it is. And then we flew out to Montana to Warriors and Quiet Waters Ranch, and um, we did one-on-one -on -one fly fishing there. And I remember the first fish that he caught and just the, the, the pure release that was just shown. I mean, the guy's life was forever changed and um all through you know just catching a fish but it was it was it was measures of success you know we had to we we did a full ojt workup on him these are the knots you need to learn this is um you know this is the cast you need to learn these are the flies you need to learn and when we got out there he put everything together and made that just connection and was rewarded and just to see for him to see success um was a real motivator for him and now he's got his feet underneath him he's running full steam ahead and he's doing really good that's so, awesome that for me is my favorite fly fishing story um just just witnessing that yeah being a part of it that's great i always try to wrap up with a good story like that that really shows like it's one thing to know what the organization does and where you can find out about them but it's another to know like exactly here one well, to impact feel the impact, right? Yeah, yeah. Feel the impact of the organization. Hit, hit you right in the feels. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to plug while we while you have a chance for Project Healing Waters? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now, uh, we are in the fundraising season for what's called the Holy Waters Tournament. That is our regional tournament and fundraiser. Um, it's held up in Grayling, Michigan at Gates Asaba Lodge. And um, Gates is a historical place this is the holy waters is michigan's blue river i mean it is your traditional fly fishing um you're not gonna i mean you can catch large trout but mainly it's it's about connecting with wild trout mm -hmm. real trout that that thrive there so uh, we hold a, a holy waters tournament and last year um the winner uh, uh, patrick hannon a navy vet um, was our grand champion. Uh, he hit the trifecta, which is catching a brown trout, a rainbow trout, and a brook trout all on the same day. And then his total combined length of each one of those species yielded him the, the championship. So wow. Wildcat Creek Outfitters here in Zionsville, um, well, Indianapolis, but they're out of Zionsville, uh, donated a seven-day excursion to Chile. Oh, wow. So... When Patrick won, about five of us other vets said, "Well, we want to go too." <laughs> yeah. So we kind of just turned it into a to a and uh, you know just a an eight day seven eight, eight day seven night excursion down to Patagonia. That's crazy. And we just we just returned. I think it was three weeks ago is when we returned. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Patrick was Patrick was our champion had had won the tournament outright so his his trip was covered and expenses were covered um 
and that's what we're looking to do again this year. So we're in fundraising season for that. Um, we make a big impact. Um, just like I told you with my buddy, um, to witness Patrick as well kind of go through that. I mean, he was an avid participant within the program, which is why he got nominated to go up to Holy Waters to compete against four other vets. Um, and then after he won, we revealed to him what he won because we didn't tell him. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and so the he guy, had no idea. The guy, he had no idea. Um, That's, man, I can't imagine that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, going out to Patagonia, which was a very kind gesture by Wildcat Creek Outfitters and uh, Cinco Rios Lodge down in, in Patagonia. So, you know, that's the kind of um, that's the kind of impact that we like to make is is getting people that normally wouldn't get a chance to go down to Patagonia yeah. an opportunity to go sure. down to Patagonia um, and and to learn fly fishing and then they keep it as a tool for their their back pocket as they age and get crusty. That's awesome. <laughs> so, if you if if people want to donate to that tournament, they can do it through the website. Uh, they can get a hold of myself or Rich Lobianco. He is our regional coordinator. Okay. Uh, his contact information is is there for the Midwest region. Uh, get a hold of us. Um, you can also go on the website. You can pull up the Holy Waters tournament and hit register for donation and make a donation. Um, we're looking for some banner sponsors to include. Um, you know, we want. Um, we're looking for an organization that that really wants to headline this mm -hmm. um up there in michigan with us so that's awesome so i'm going to put the information about how to donate to that i'm going to put your email and richard is that right yes rich Lobianco. rich i'll put your and rich's emails in the show notes so if you're listening just check out the the show notes on your phone um you'll be able to we'll have links to everything there'll be a link to just email you guys that way if anybody's interested in participating volunteering or most importantly, donating, donating for this event. Yeah. We need sponsors for this event, and this would be a really great event to get a part of. Um, other than that, uh, all of your information will be out there. Check out Project Healing Waters. Chris, thank you so much for joining us this right. week. Thanks for this having me, guys. Enjoyed it. The, the most informative episode, because I knew zero about fly fishing before <laughs> this. So <laughs> this, is, this has been by far the most informative episode for me. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, probably... Take a little bit of time off, wait for Doug to get back. We've got some good guests coming in May and some cool stuff coming up for the summer. Um, just don't forget, June 19th right now is the next Tech Warriors event. Just mark that on your calendar, pencil us in. Um, as we get closer, we'll be announcing speakers and more details around that. Once again, Adam, thanks for filling in for Doug. Didn't have to say much, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>